You're listening to the Live Out Loud podcast with River Wynn and Michelle Flamer. Hi, River. Good morning, Michelle. <laughs> so we are meeting on um, Sunday and because you had like a really cool, interesting day yesterday and I would yes. love for you to share that. I've had, <clears throat> I've actually had quite the interesting weekend. I, it started with um, Friday having a session with our wonderful friend, Angela, doing an intuitive reading, uh, like chakra and intuitive energy reading. That was very impactful for me. Um, and then yesterday we had our second Live Out Loud retreat here Ooh. in La Grande. And that was really beautiful. We had somatic body movements and I led journaling. And then we had group sound therapy and it was just really wonderful. And it was a very, very small, intimate group. Um, just a you know busy time of the year for a lot of people, but um, one of the ladies who came shared with us that, you know, she has um, four sons and a husband. And she was like, I'm just so happy to be in a space with all this feminine energy. And it just feels so good. And so that was so validating just to know that, like, even though it was small, it was a very needed space yesterday. Uh, so it was beautiful. And then I went straight from that into mm -hmm. I am currently taking a 28 day training for sacred space facilitatorship fucking awesome it's beautiful it is taking me to some intense depth yep. inner work shadow work all the things um and teaching me a lot I actually it's it's so intense right now that I've removed myself some from social media <laughs> so I can really focus on it and be present for it so yeah there's just it's been a beautiful weekend I, I love this so much for you because it goes so in line with your coaching practice and yeah. for you to learn new techniques and how to hold space within, um, you know, within those retreats around trauma, around whatever triggers or glimmers there are. Right. But mm -hmm. I love that um, you're leaning into your education and expanding your passion really and digging in so deeply because you just know it's going to make you a better listener, coach, mom, um, partner someday soon. Um, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that looks like, it's like, I, uh, I'm just loving this journey for you, my sweet friend. Thank you. And I, I'm loving the synchronicity of it because I know we had talked prior about our 2024 tarot forecasts, right? And we each drew a card for our yep. theme for the year. And my theme was the Hierophant, which is all about like the spiritual path, the higher learning, higher education, leaning into that. And it's so interesting because um, shortly after I'd, I had done that and pulled that card for myself, I just randomly applied for two scholarships to two different programs that I wanted to take this year that start off like this month and I, got, I mean, I got, and I got both of those scholarships I <laughs> so know it's taking, so awesome yeah so I'm doing this facilitator training and then I'm actually also taking another training course um, that is deep diving into astrology and yep. specifically astrology around um business and work and, and how we as individuals show up in service to the world. And it's a four month 
training for like coaching programs. So I'm just so excited to like follow that theme for my card of the year and just deep dive my spirituality and my higher education and taking everything I've learned in my journey and pulling it together so that I can turn then and serve outward to the world. Um, how beautiful, speaking of astrology, was that was last week's podcast with Chris? Oh, so beautiful. And now I just want her to do my full astrology chart and tell me mm-hmm. all the things. You know what I thought the other day, but real quick uh, around that, around that um, if our listeners are listening to this today and didn't listen to the astrology episode, go back because we also talk about plant medicine, if that's something you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to give that a little plug. Which is also interesting because that's um, the next module in the training I'm in right now for sacred spaces. That is something we're going to be talking about is cacao ceremonies and plant medicine, um, which is not an area that I have dived into personally yet. So I'm excited to learn more about it and just kind of get an introduction to it and just learn about it. Oh, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, What what were we going to wait? What was I going into after that? I totally just forgot. (laughs) <laughs> blanked out what's our topic today michelle what's our topic, oh, our today? topic um this is the this is the episode where everyone i have i have been asked numerous times by friends sliding into those dms hey mm-hmm. um when are you guys gonna do a dating episode and and my response to that up until recently has been when I start dating, <laughs> mm. then we'll do that episode. Yeah. And I think we've danced around the topic of dating. Yeah. You know, I think it comes up a lot in our episodes of like, oh, you know, what will it look like when we are dating uh-huh. or I've shared some of my experiences recently and connecting with someone. And, um, but this is really going to be like us really deep diving it. I think. I know because 2024, uh, dating looks very different than how we both grew up through mm-hmm. religious, through social society, you know, society. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is not for the faint of heart. Let me tell you, it is it's a whole new effing world. It's a whole new fucking world. Yeah. The dating landscape, the way that people meet now is so different. Um, you know, so so much of how we meet people is online now because, yeah. you know, we're doing less and less in person because mm-hmm. people have such busy lives. Um, and I, I think I, I, I'm not going to say that that's true for all age groups, because I mm-hmm. think that if you're, you know, in your early 20s and you're in college, you're probably more exposed to people on a daily basis and in your own social circles. So maybe online dating is not as big of an experience for them but like for those of us who've been married and divorced we're in our 30s plus um we're working professionals we're parents um having opportunities to meet people is a challenge and so a lot of it is online not even just dating apps like meeting people through instagram facebook um it's a different world it is and i um and so i've recently tapped into a few apps (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, same just for the sake of practicing, I know I have been bringing this up quite a bit of just, I think with my therapist's help, obviously, um, 
creating a new story around what, what dating actually means for me, because mm. dating, what I'm finding out through practice, regardless if now this is me on a dating site, I will like somebody if they have an awesome bio and I just want mm. an opportunity to tell them like, Hey, I just literally wanted to say you're fucking killing it. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. Speaking of, I saw a bio yeah. today. I took a screenshot. Actually, I was going to send it to you because this, okay. this lovely woman, her bio was hilarious. She was like, no men, no couples, no hookups. And she was like, I don't know how men keep sliding through when I have my filter set to women. But if another man messages me, I'm going to hex you. <laughs> I love that. Just, it was the cutest thing I had. To, I just had. To, I, I was like, I love that. Love, That's I so love cute. her. I love her. I, I love that energy. Me love too. <laughs> that is goddess energy in the dating. Yes. And so yes. I, so the intro, so, you know, around all of this is like, I realize like when I, what I don't, I don't have a type in the sense of type, like if someone, you know, it's all about that energy, but mm -hmm. being on the app, first of all, creating your own profile, that's some bullshit. <laughs> Cause yes. Yeah. It, so you have to choose between being somewhat a little bit humorous and also like throwing out some, some big words, like, you know, whatever, a little bit about who you are. And then also like, this is what I'm looking for. And just throwing mm -hmm. it out there. Um, and you also have to keep it kind of succinct because people um, people don't read very much. Yeah. I've yeah. found like even yeah. you'll put so much time into your bio and make it so. They're um, literally just looking at your fucking picture. <laughs> they're just looking at your pictures anyways. And so it's like you can tell who the people are who have taken the time to actually read your bio by how they approach you. Mm -hmm. Um but it's like, even as I'm making my bio, I'm like, okay, I'm keeping it short, yep. but impactful at the same yep. time. So the right people who are going to read it, it will yeah. make an impression. A hundred percent. And put down, and literally when they, when they have those little like boxes or something, and you have to put down what you like, like, like photography or nature, like don't put down shit that you think it's going to attract that person. Like, just, oh my gosh. Yes. Like even from the most mundane, liking coffee and then having a conversation and then being like, well, I like coffee shops, but there wasn't like a, a thing there. I'm like, oh, well that's different than actually liking coffee. Or someone saying love, hi love hiking or they're into hiking. Yeah. And then you ask them what their favorite hike is. And they're like, oh, I just like take my dog to the dog park. <laughs> okay, good. Good for you. Bro, that's not a hike. <laughs> <laughs> no way, bruh. Uh, <laughs> that's freaking funny. Um, so it's been, it's been totally interesting taking the, taking the leap into it. I mean, cause I've been almost divorced two years. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, had a deep affection for someone for a bit and mm -hmm. it's taken some time regardless to heal and do the work and now my new therapist and I, I mean, the reason why I got her was so that I could come into dating with a whole new perspective mm -hmm. uh, and while working on those triggers that come up for you throughout the whole process, whether 
is that picture really say me? Does that, you know, and you're second guessing yourself through the whole thing because you realize now that you're swiping that you too are being, I'm judging them in a sense, the yeah. same, which is why I try to like, like if someone has just a kick ass profile, but they're literally like zero, you know, zero things in common, let's just say, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I still want to tell them like they're doing a great job because it can be, it's daunting probably for some people. And, you know, not everybody comes across their authentic self on social. So, which is sad to me because you want to see people really putting who they are and yeah. putting that like, or, you know, hello, be so mm -hmm. authentic. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm, my interaction with it is that I, um, I'm in what I call my receiving era. Yes. Please, <laughs> and so, uh, I, yes. And so um, the way I interact with it is I, I actually, I actually don't swipe on dating apps. I don't swipe. Okay. Um, I wait and I see who tries to match with me. And then I go through those profiles because um, the energy that really works for me in dating is being open to receiving and seeing what feels drawn towards me and then making a judgment call, not judgment call sounds harsh. Like I'm not judging people, but um, just feeling into maybe their energies and saying, no, this doesn't look right for me. That looks right for me. I'll chat more with this person. Um, and that has taken so much pressure off of it for me. And I'm so intentional in the way that I do that. Yeah. I mean, so in my culture of lesbians, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the culture is I'm a soft mask or the new term, which you're going to crack up about, which I love is, oh yeah. Cause golden retriever mask. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. It's so, <laughs> like it's so spot on. <laughs> and so it's so funny when I see the description, like when they're talking and going, where are all the masks? Where are my golden retriever masks? And and then you, the comments are my favorite thing ever. Because uh. like, hey, tail wagon over here for you. Or, you know, like. Oh, my gosh. I just, so I, like you just like golden retrievers are just like, like they're big eyes. And they're uh -huh. just so friendly and sweet. Uh -huh. Like it's, it's just so true. It's just yeah. so true. And, it, and I've always <laughs> described myself that way, which is funny because I'm always so like, funny. Cooper and I, when we're in places outwardly, like at Sedona or other, like mm -hmm. everyone talks to us. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's very much that same personality, but that social energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so honestly, it's kind of on me in that culture, not to say mm -hmm. that 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 adorable feisty femmes don't slide into your dm and like shoot their mm -hmm. shots because mm -hmm. trust me i'm 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 not hating that you know what i mean mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. but so it just sort of allows like we have to shoot our shot a little bit more being sort of mm. on the masculine presenting side yeah and so I'm, I'm i think we were talking about this earlier like i'm curious like what's the, what's the term for a bisexual girl who's receiving <laughs> I know what what is buy what is, what is buy the, and receive the out there in the world. Are you, you a know, clam? Are you a clam? Oh my god! <laughs> what was what was it I said earlier? You're uh, growing a, your a, pearl. A, a tightly a tightly rolled up opossum, like <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for the big spoon. 
Oh my god! I feel yeah. you're just waiting for the big spoon. I was thinking in my little. Oh my I god! I don't care if you're a dude or a girl. Like, just be that energy of coming at me. I know. Instead of so, me having to so seek funny. you out. The other thing um, regarding, I think I was mentioning practicing, right? That I've been really yeah. talking about practicing a lot because that's what my therapist and I have been talking about is that. She's like, I want you to completely take out, I just want you to detach from any possible future faking. I mm-hmm. want you to stay as present in every conversation and, and just be present with every response and noticing the cadence, noticing if there's anything that, you know, is you need more clarity on like what mm-hmm. is that a pattern like looking like really looking at this as a as a truly a learning phase you know and the fact that i i'm very well aware of all what i want now because i've done the work i've done my list mm-hmm. i've actually had to rewrite my list based on events that have come up and yeah I think it's fascinating how each conversation can either trigger you into questioning whether another conversation needs to be had or mm-hmm. questioning why that came up and, you know, and then just sit in that. Yeah. Um, but it's funny how there's, there's no way before, before when you're ready to like, you have to be really ready to date I real really realize that that yeah and you really you really have to go in with an intentional tool a toolbox an intentional toolbox because it is dating dating can be such a trigger um and you often hear like people who've been single for years who who dive back into dating dating sometimes they're just like it is a dumpster fire out here it's terrible out here and you know they're so negative about it and I think that's because even though they've been single for several years, maybe they haven't been deep diving mm-hmm. those topics for themselves. They haven't been sitting back and saying, okay, what is it I'm, I'm looking for? What is it I'm wanting? Um, and so they're just, it's like, they're like, they're like cold plunging without a, like a warm towel waiting. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're, they're mm-hmm. just not going in with that same intentionality. And so everything feels negative and it feels bad mm-hmm. because they're just, taking everything in mm-hmm. instead of sitting back and saying, okay, what feels good? What doesn't feel good? I'm going to lean this direction or not lean that direction. And they don't have the toolkit to navigate the triggers that are coming mm-hmm. up. The The other thing that I'm finding from each like new conversation, and I mean, I've had in-person coffees and I've had just FaceTimes, you know, or just a phone mm-hmm. chat, you know, kind of thing. And it's funny how my, it's funny how it's like almost treating it like a demo, like a discovery call for work. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's really is a discovery call. And I try, and I took that in my brain as, as opposed to calling it a first date, because Mm -hmm. I feel like we have to there. So if, if I look at it, as I approach my job date, my daily job, it's the first, like first is re outreach right? First Mm -hmm. is the consent for each person to say, yeah, I'd love to have a a discovery call with you and learn about your products, right? Our Mm -hmm. products are our individual parts. 
And then after the discovery call, you decide, should we set up another date for a deeper dive, which is, Mm. you know, and then from there, and I don't think the first date should really be until you get through a few of those elemental, you know, uh, calls that, that dig enough deeper that there's a beautiful, natural, organic moment of, should we meet in person? Like, mm. should we go to, should we do you want to have coffee with me? Do you want to like see what mm-hmm. this energy feels like? You're not so far down and you're like, why did I just spend three months with you? <laughs> like, whatever. I mean, it's like, it's, it that's the of- intentionality piece. That's the intentionality yeah. piece where it's not. Um, and I think not approaching it that like going on a date with someone or connecting someone means that you're going to be in a relationship with that person. Right. You know, like, and if you approach Discovery. it from that lens of like, I'm dating to marry, I'm dating to have a relationship. Well, that's, that's fine to have that desire. Mm-hmm. We all have that desire for partnership. And some of us have a desire for marriage. But when you approach it from that one lens, it really causes you to sometimes ignore how you actually feel energetically with someone because you're just Mm -hmm. so driven on the idea of I need to have a relationship. I need to have a marriage. And that's why you have people complaining about that. They're just attracting in people who are ghosting or people who are, um, you know, they're spending two or three months getting to know them. And then that person just drops off the face of the planet or turns out to not be who they said they Mm -hmm. were. And it's like, because that intentionality is not there from the start. Right. Asking, asking the right questions. Yes. From the start. Yeah. And being detached from the outcome and just uh-huh. treating it like a check. You have a checklist. This yep. is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I want to feel. That's right. And initially in those first 48 hours or week that you're talking to this person, are they checking those boxes? Uh-huh. And where are they surprising you? Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. also looking at it as us like judge and jury in that moment of like, you're not the right person for me unless you prove you're the right person for me, right? A lot of people come into it like that. Like mm-hmm. you're basically not a fit for me until I until you show me who you are and peel back the layers and and start to, you know, evolve around, oh, you are a lot more like me where I, I see mm-hmm. parts of you in me. And there's like a really beautiful exchange. I think that's a, you know, it, it, the intentional part of it, you're, you're so spot on in that moment, because when I see a, um, a profile that says not sure yet, or mm-hmm. still figuring that shit out, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I know it's a prompt on there, but say, this is why, like, put some intentionality behind that. Yeah. It's okay that you don't have shit figured out. No one does. And, and I'm not a yeah. fucking mind reader and, or, nor a future tell, you know, a fortune teller. I just, honestly, I skip those profiles. Like when totally. they try to connect with me, because yep. what that tells, what that tells me, if it's a man mm-hmm. approaching me that way, what that tells me is he's probably just looking to hook up. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, that's what they kind of use. And the ones who are more um, intentional in that space for themselves will add something to their bio about being ethically non-monogamous or solo poly and they're very upfront about that like I yes. very intentionally like yes. casual connections <clears throat> and I love that for them yes that's not for me so I'm oh, not going to explore that with them but then again that community is such good communicators they're such good such good I'm not going to say all of them because I've right. heard some stories where it's like Majority. not everyone 
But the majority of people who are are ethically non-monogamous and solo poly, like they're such great communicators. Like they're so intentional and they'll let you know. Like that's yeah. they lead the conversation with yeah. that. And they make sure that you're okay with that before proceeding. And so like I think you, like, I think not, there should be a new lever like for attachments. Like anxious. Like, you know what I mean? Like just put <laughs> what's your attachment style? <laughs> or avoidant. I think mm-hmm. I think that might be one of my new first questions. And if they say they don't know, cool. Come, you know what? Go check it out. Call me and then, you know, text me or whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. let me know what it is. And there's mm-hmm. no right or wrong. I just am curious what they think their style is. Mm-hmm. That would be cool yeah. if there was a little spot in those, you know, when you're on, like, that says, like, avoidant until I'm trustworthy, until there's trust, you know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah, I know some <laughs> of the things I, I look for is, you know, like, if they mention spirituality. Yeah. Um, if they have, like, their sun signs on their profile, I'm like, Okay, we probably have more in common. They usually Uh, have sun, moon, and rising, it looks like. If they have their sun, moon, and rising, I'm like, yep, I dig you. Um, So, like, and and people who say things like, um, you know, I really believe in communication or yeah. I, I believe I'm a strong believer in therapy and um, being Growth intentional. You like these are some them. of the, yeah, those are, there's some key words yes. I kind of look for that I'm like, that tells me that you're probably someone who is more intentional with your dating. Yeah. Um, and so I'm interested in, in hearing more mm-hmm. from you. I will say the other thing that I've really learned about myself in this process and my, I'll give my, I'll give props to my therapist for um, leading me into that piece of the conversation is that a part of me, I, I don't, I, I truly, it's not about what I, I know I, I'm, I bench, I want to be in love. Like I want to have a full, beautiful relationship, healthy, doesn't, it can be long distance. It can be here in town, whatever. I'm just open to finally like having the capacity of digging deep and having these tools in place that have really set the tone so lovely because I, I realize that I seek out. It's the connection. I am not like, if they say, well, let's just be friends. I'm like, I have enough of my most favorite friends. I actually don't need that. And so if we don't vibe in that way, like it's so beautiful in this disassociation of the, or like, not, not, you know, uh, disattach, what is it? The, um, detachment part. Yeah. Yeah. That it's so, it's so much, it makes things so easy. Cause you're just like, I'm just staying present. So you also hear the signs a little bit easier, a little bit louder and you see the signs, mm-hmm. um, through text or conversation because, um, it's not resonating within my body. Like you have to be Mm -hmm. very in your body in this process. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be embodied. 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 Yeah. And you have to know what your needs are and you have to, I I think in the process of dating, in, in as much as you have to be intentional towards how you're interacting with other people, there also has to be a deep intentionality around really really honoring your own self practices and Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself and Mm -hmm. filling your own cup Mm -hmm. because that allows you to honor your boundaries and remember your needs and stay Mm -hmm. grounded in yourself no matter what, so that you can 
feel into the energy of how people are responding to you and what feels good and what doesn't resonate. Mm -hmm. So if you go into dating and you're dysregulated and you're not embodied and you don't understand what your needs are, that's what you're also attracting is people who are going to be on that same energetic level of they don't know what they want. They're Mm -hmm. not able to communicate. They're not, they're going to ghost you because they can't, they can't handle letting someone down. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that. I think we've talked about that before, you know, with ghosting, it's like, if you're going into dating, if you're going into dating um, without knowing yourself, the people that you're meeting are probably not going to know themselves either. 100%. And around the ghosting part, I have had no problem when they've ghosted me. They just showed me who they are. Yes. Guess what? It's so lovely. Delete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yep. I literally yeah. am not attached. Like, I'm like, I I don't chase ladies. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm fucking really, that's what I'm empowering right now. I don't chase, I attract. Yes. And it, funny enough, it's just like, I, it's, it just, this, this whole experience has just been so eye-opening and interesting. Like I, I think, you know, we were talking about sort of this Kundalini awakening. Mm-hmm. And so I messaged another one of our spiritual friends and I said, I don't know what is happening to me. I said, um, I am feeling lots of things within my body from mm-hmm. that sacral point and it, like a little wave of like bliss. It's not about romantic. It's not about like sex, sex, you know, like in that sense, yeah. like, oh my God, like horny 15 year old boy. Mm-hmm. But it's just like this blissful feeling of almost like you're, uh, you've, uh, you've cracked yourself open and you've allowed in probably like the most beautiful rainbow to enter your soul. It's kind of like that feeling, right? So Kundalini, Kundalini is, so it it starts at the base of the spine, right? Yeah. And it goes up your spine. Yeah. And a lot of people attribute it with sexuality, but I think of it as like, you know, as someone who creates, um, sexuality is a creative life force. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes sexuality has nothing to do with actual sex. I know. <laughs> it's, it's a sensuality. It's a, it's, it's life force. And that's what Kundalini is. It's, it's, it it's almost feels, it almost feels like the best of self-love that you could ever yes. feel. Yes. It's, it's like almost it's an like, opening. It's an opening right, of yourself like, to. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean like I'm a big hugger. I know you're a big yeah. hugger. Like we love like those. It's almost literally like I'm hugging my inner being, my soul, mm-hmm. the core of me. It's like the biggest. And that's what you were saying. It's like, yeah, it starts at that sacral and works its way up kind of like a snake. Right. And then mm-hmm. when I said that to you, which again, it's just our connection, what you literally dreamt last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I woke up and, um, I mean, I, I crashed out hard last night. I will say that doing, <laughs> Doing facilitatorship and retreats um, and then doing the training I'm doing just completely crashed me out energetically. And I, yeah. I went to, I slept hard last night, but I woke up from a dream. I had this, 
this little space of a dream where I was just there with this beautiful, just beautiful white snake. It was gorgeous, beautiful white snake. And it was, it was doing that kind of like slithery, curvy, undulating kind of movement. Um, And we're doing the movement, guys. I know we're doing the movement right now. Oh, wait, maybe we'll But I woke up and I was, I've never had a dream like that before, even though I have a lot of deeply spiritual dreams. And are you playing music? No. I'm... Oh, <laughs> you're undulating. <laughs> <laughs> I was videotaping and... you undulating and me, <laughs> my head. Seeing that snake in my dream, it just, it felt powerful. And I was yeah. like, oh, I, I have a new guide coming in. And that's something that came through in my, my meeting, uh, my, my session this week with Angela was like, the more awake I am and in touch with my intuition, the more I deepen my intuition, the more guides are coming in for me. And so that was a new guide coming to me. It was talking about that. Like it's a new era. It's yeah. a new era of life. And that translates into dating too. It really, it really does because then you have some like happy surprises. It is a lot like fishing though. You're like, do, 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 do. You know, you're just doing life. And then you get a bing, bing. You know what I mean? You get a little <laughs> I just got this vision of you like sitting out ice fishing. Sitting back with some tea and a bug and then looking over that. and they're like, oh, there's the bobble. It's bobbling. <laughs> Let's you know, reel it in and see what oh happens. But it is really fun when you actually connect with people and you start to explore and learn about them and have these really meaningful conversations, just human to human and has nothing to do with how anybody looks. It really is a soul connection, you know, feeling because yeah, look at how many people you kind of look at and talk to in a day and, you know, in everyday life. And you, you recognize when you recognize like, you know, Hey, Oh, wait, I, I don't know, but maybe we just have to say hi. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like, Hey, I see you. Like, do I feel familiar? You know, that kind of interesting feeling around that. Yeah. And I, and I will share like, um, you know, kind of the space I'm in, what's coming up for me with dating is, is the connections I've been having recently, specifically the one I've talked about in the last couple of episodes. Yeah has really brought up a new layer of healing for me mm-hmm. of forcing me to examine um my my lens of dating mm-hmm. um and how that was so deeply impacted by growing up christian and religious and and growing up in a religious cult and and being so conservative where in that container it was in that environment it was you date to marry you date to marry, even when you're yeah. a teenager, you're dating to marry. Um, and, and all the messaging is around that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, um, anytime you feel like if you feel a sexual chemistry towards someone, like you have to view that as dating to marry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reality is, is that we can have sexual chemistry with someone and, and have absolutely zero life chemistry with someone mm-hmm. <laughs> and partnership totally. chemistry with someone. And so it's interesting because uh, that was highlighted for me recently. And the person I was connecting with was, is deeply religious, um, a different religion than I grew up in, but they date kind of with that lens of dating to marry. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. you get to know someone in that way. And you talk about 
what a life together might look like in the future. It's a lot of future planning, but there's not much um, presence happening Mm -hmm. in the now to see if, do we actually, would we vibe right now? Right. Um, And so it's really forced me to reflect on how I approach dating in that way. Mm -hmm. And that came up in my, my reading with Angela this week of, um, you know, you love your best. She's telling me this from my guides. They were affirming that I love at my best because I love love. She was like, you, you mm-hmm. of anyone. She was like, you love love. Totally. You love to write about love. You love to talk about love. You True. flourish when you are loving. Um, but when you are freely loving. And when she said that it had nothing to do with like this idea of free love and this hippie girl going around and just having sex with everybody like that's not what it's about it's about being detached from the outcome mm-hmm. and so my lesson right now what I'm learning right now and working through is having to detach myself from outcomes that future planning like you're talking about that future faking of um not everyone I meet and have a connection with is going to be someone I'm going to spend my life with totally I mean we were talking before it's like I'm also very, very clear about, I'm not like looking for friends. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I really am not. I mean, I have the best, you know, of course, present company included Mm -hmm. at the top there, um, of like the coolest women that I just am so fucking lucky about having. And I wish every woman had our group. I mean, a group like ours, you know, because yeah, so beautiful. And you also have to come into dating, like, because I realized I don't need anybody. I've got literally everything and everyone that I completely love, need, want, and, and it's reciprocated. And Mm -hmm. I only want somebody if like, I get to that, like, I can't live without that person. Mm -hmm. Obviously reciprocated in all the ways, like not unrequited, you know, none of this, like, our future faking selves pedestal. They bullshit. they just add so much to your life. Yeah. Um, that you want that to remain in your life. Yeah. I think um yesterday I was I um I'm off social media, but before I had gone off social media, I saw a video um where it was this man and this woman sitting next to a creek and they're like talking and laughing and there's you can see so much love flowing between them like in this video mm-hmm. and then you go to the call you go to the caption and the, the caption is talking about how in that moment of that video they were in the process of doing conscious uncoupling where they had been together for I think it was like 15 years um, yeah. and they have this beautiful connection and love for each other, but they came to the space of recognizing that their paths don't continue together anymore yeah. and they still have this love for each other. And they're talking about the process of conscious uncoupling about how they're, they're detached. They're detaching from the outcome. They're saying sure. like, we are, they're ditching still have love. Yeah. We still have love for each other. And I think that when you go into dating, you really have to surrender to the idea of um, you can't put everything in a box. You have to be open. That and is, at least that's that's what I'm learning right I now. I think that's that. I think that's the the mantra for 2024 dating for sure. Like, yeah, like oh, no if, fucking boxes, no expectations. Mm-hmm. Allow it to be what it's supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and there is, and not to say that like, you're going to perfectly feel okay with that. Right. Because if you connect with someone, like if you're having a good connection with someone, yeah, you naturally want more of that in your life. More of that. But then when you come more of that, please. But then when you come to the space where you recognize that it's, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't line up or resonate for the relationship to continue for different factors, because there's logical factors, distance, um, having kids, all these things that go into building a life together, all Mm -hmm. of that. When you realize that, that it's just not practical and sometimes those things that aren't practical can be worked through, but if the energy is not right for it to be worked through, you can enjoy that person. There can be no red flags. Right. There can be a beautiful connection and you still have to release it and let go. And there can be a grieving process in that. I went through that this last week of having to grieve the recognition that the person I have connected with on a beautiful level, we are not going to have a long-term mm-hmm. relationship. But within that, we still have a lot of love for each other. And we're still going to honor and respect each other in that. Um, And it's been a very conscious conversation between Mm -hmm. us. And so I think, um, you know, wanting to affirm and validate that going into intentional dating and detaching from the outcome doesn't mean that you're not going to experience grief. Or that we in our brains, we think future because we're, we're trying to put this person and see, will this person fit into my life? How does this look? You know, you're making all these different decisions, but now, now continue. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's really about, you know, when the idea of detaching from the outcome is um, having the tools and the lens of doing what serves best mm-hmm. for both parties. Mm-hmm. And even if you feel a connection with that person, that doesn't necessarily mean it's right and aligned for both of you. Totally. And it doesn't mean also that it can't shift. And also, you know, mm-hmm. where it, again, it takes two people to make a relationship work. Mm-hmm. If, if it's, if it's only you suggesting it and only you <laughs> fucking, Hey, I'll do whatever I got to do. And it's not reciprocated. Take that time. <laughs> To get over it yeah but like allow yourself to feel allow yourself uh-huh. to experience and feel and let your walls down like that's yeah. been another lesson for me is that um e- detaching from the outcome can sometimes make you want to shut down mm-hmm. because you're like well if I don't have a future with this person then what's the point right or if I'm not gonna like Uh, continue really or like build a relationship with everyone I'm connecting with what's the point right that's kind of where I was for a while of like there's no point in dating yeah if it's just gonna be if you have no intention behind it yeah um it's just for hookups that's still an intention it's still an intention which is there's nothing wrong with that not like we're not shaming anybody who likes to hook up for what they want exactly like get out there get out there and smash totally behind that but just be intentional intentional Mm -hmm. about it um but for me it was like coming to the recognition of like I have to to continue to stay heart open and let my walls down and let my guard down because the relationship I crave is not going to happen if I approach dating with my guards in place yeah and I'm a big I mean I'm a big believer in love as you know I'm just a big old sap I believe like I loved what the golden bachelor said, which was don't, 
fall in love with someone to fall in love, fall in love with the one you can't, you can't live without, you know, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And that whole intentionality behind that. And that's what the discovery and the deep dives are for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if it ends up being at the last thing that there's one little obstacle to move and the two people feel like that is doable, you know, then it, it's, then that's an amazing thing. And that's going on a lot out there right now. I mean, there's so many beautiful stories oh. of people meeting yeah. online, you know, every single day and um, or, you know, have somebody people living in, in different just, countries, you know, like we're seeing yeah. a lot of that, of, you know, we are, we're globally dating. We're globally mm -hmm. dating. And, you know, the person I was connecting with lives in another country. And that was a conversation that we had to, you know, have of, do you mm -hmm. see this, um, being aligned enough that we would be willing to take on the challenges mm -hmm. of having a long distance relationship, but not only a long distance relationship, but literally being in different countries on different continents and what that means in terms of visiting, getting visas, all of those things and what that would look like in the future of like, okay, which one of us would move? And like, how would your families feel about like all of those totally. are hard things. Yeah. All of those are hard things, but if it's the right person and it feels aligned, those are just challenges. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to end it. Totally. Um, no. And, and, you know, within those long distance relationships, I mean, it's really fucking frustrating when you're on a, a, like opposite kid schedules mm -hmm. and it literally became like a PTO meeting. So <laughs> what time are you dropping off again? And then what time are you picking up? Like, you know, it like becomes like, okay, when's our window, <laughs> you know, like, and just, and then, and then add obviously some long distance, you know, it, it's, I mean, at the end it's of the day, more layers more, of challenge. It's yeah, more it's layers just of more challenge. Like, and that's not to say that that can't be navigated. It can oh, absolutely be navigated, but it has to be aligned and feel mm -hmm. like the right relationship yeah. where both people want to navigate that. And people are doing that. People oh, are yeah. doing that. It's happening. No, I mean, again, um, it comes back to when you first see their profile communication yeah. or they slide into your dms and then surprise the fuck out of you because they're actually like a, an intelligent person and you know and and has a great sense of humor or whatever i will um, say one of my uh, i know i've said this throughout like all of our talks about dating like but still one of the even though a lot of my uh my feelings about dating have changed even in the last year even since we started the podcast um there is one thing that has held true for me what? and that is that I don't want to date someone with kids. Yeah, I know. For that reason, for uh -huh. that reason, because of the difficulty and the challenges of trying to navigate different schedules with different kids. And like, it's like, okay, well I have my weekends free. I don't have my kids on the weekend, but then I don't want to spend my weekend going to somebody else's kids sporting events. You know yeah. I mean? Like, no, like I totally for me, I, I, I cherish my solo time so yeah. much that when I visualize myself having a partner or connecting with someone it's like I want to have time mm -hmm. with that person yeah I haven't it's it, I think because of this whole later in life lesbian trend I have I have less women without kids reaching out to me mm -hmm. they typically are you know they have kids but I see I see the magic also in in dating somebody without kids for the whole juggling of the schedules and stuff like that which is why 
I'm, I'm, I'm so open to, you know, long distance. Cause if we're really, I mean, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, it's still juggling. So whether mm-hmm. we plan time, you know, somewhere fun and new, and you kind of do two things at once, you know, you get to know somebody in a cool place, like, and it's, but this and is the beauty. This uh-huh. is the beauty of dating. Is that like, oh. you are totally open to dating someone with kids. Exactly. I am not open to dating with someone with kids. Right. But but neither of that is right or wrong because those are just our personal it's preferences of what works for us. hundred And that's why it's important to date and come to understand what it is that you need. Like for me, that's a hard no. You yeah. know, but there's a lot of other things that um maybe were a hard no before that have shifted. But for me, the kid piece has been a hard no. I just want time with my person and time with my kids. And for maybe eventually those things will coincide time with my person moves into time with my kids as well. But for now it's like, no, I want time with my person and time with my Mm -hmm. kids. I love that. I I mean, so there's a couple of elements then, right? We've identified, like, can you identify again? When are you ready to date after divorce, a big breakup? Like, how do you recognize those little signs, those nudges in ourselves of when we're like, we should look for those green flags for self to go looking for another person. I mean, I think it's really going to depend on the person. I don't think there's a hard and fast, like, um, formula for it, Yeah, you know, but I, I will say like, for me, um, if you are fresh out of a relationship or, getting divorced and you put yourself on a dating app and then if you start to swipe and then it makes you cry, you're probably not ready. Oh my God. (laughs) And that was, that was me until, you know, for real. You're probably not ready Uh -uh. to date. Um, you know, and honestly, I, I would tell anyone going through a breakup, whether it's a, like a, a good breakup, an easy breakup or a hard one, or you're navigating a divorce and it's a smooth process or a hard process, no matter what it looks like, Please go to therapy. Please go to therapy. Please. Please understand. Understand you. you. Please tell me to journal. (laughs) Please go to therapy. Because the, the reality is, is that regardless of why your relationship has ended, it takes two to end a relationship. Right. And whether you're leaving the relationship because someone has been abusive or cheated Uh on you even in the toxic situations, mm-hmm. you still allowed it to happen to you. And there are wounds within yourself that need to be healed and worked through and at least acknowledged before you go into dating. Because if you don't look at that stuff, you're just going to call in the same kind of people. Oh. You're going to bring in the same kind of people. And yeah. even if you're, even if you're exiting a relationship and it's a good exit, you know, like you had a smooth transition, right? For the most yes. part. And even then it's like, it still takes two. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why, you know, like if, if you're ending a relationship and one person was checked out and it, it wasn't flowing, it didn't feel they good, were already like, checked you out. you still need to look mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. participation in mm-hmm. the relationship and say, how can I do better? How mm-hmm. can I do better before I start dating because you're still going to call in the same kinds of connections and relationships and fucking be honest with what you actually really fucking want. Like literally tell them, this is what I'm looking for. Now show me who you are. 
Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, and it's not being manipulative. And the other part of the whole thing is narcissism. It's so embedded in people right now because everyone's been, you know, the therapy and um, e-therapy, I like to say, all the social media therapy and mm -hmm. um, that as a mask, like, and as someone who really likes to talk and like, just get to know, like, what makes people tick. I already know, like on the back end, I'm just now having fucking fun with it. You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. just like, cause I'm not attached. So I'm like, let's just like, I just want to hear more. And even if they're batshit crazy, I haven't done anything, but just, you know, got a couple of laughs out of somebody and, yeah. and just been my whole self and just been like, no, I, I don't think that same way. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like it just, really going up authentically and being yeah. your whole self and the thing is is that if you're coming out of a relationship and you don't know who you are you can't you can't show up authentically so true it comes through in a heartbeat in the first few texts because i it does. notice like they're anxious or avoidant you know yes. because of guilt or fear or whatever the fuck it is and the minute that the night the easy questions the minute I throw a zinger in, I fucking, I do that on purpose because I don't want to waste my fucking time. So mm -hmm. I throw in a zinger and if there's like crickets after that, or they come back three hours later, cause it triggered the fuck out of whatever they were, th they're overthinking it. Cause that's the other thing. It's like, don't overthink it. Just fucking ask me, like, just be clear. So it's a big it's one for me. A big one for me is, um, as someone who is a recovering people pleaser and someone who was a recovering, <laughs> um, like zero self-confidence, right. um, being the fully confident person that I am now, I can hear in people's responses and their attitudes and energy, how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. And if someone is responding to my questions with any kind of talking themselves down, Mm -hmm. or self-shaming or lack of confidence, that is an immediate turnoff for me because what that tells me is I'm going to be playing the role of therapist in this situation. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah. And that's not to say that like every human being you meet is going to be fully confident in themselves, but you can feel a difference between the person um, who doesn't know themselves and isn't confident about who they are totally. and the people who are. Like we're oh, all going to have moments of like low self-confidence, but like the people who are secure in who they are, you can feel the difference. And that is attractive. It is so attractive because one of these women that I'm talking to, I was saying something regarding, um, I just like, just said, you know, talked about soulmates or whatever. Cause I just want to see where everyone's level is sort of like mm -hmm. spirituality usually starts with people like looking up a soulmate, right? Like, yeah. cause, cause that's what, Girls do, you know, that's like what we do. That's what spiritual girlies do. <laughs> we look up soulmates. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> oh we have, God. we have our twin, we have our twin flame era. <laughs> oh my God. I love the twin flame era. Well, yeah. And then soulmates are fun, mm -hmm. but no, uh, it's interesting how, you can start to say, and it's how they respond. Like they either come off as like, oh yeah. Oh, are they super opinionated Two, mm -hmm. They kind of go, oh yeah, I've read a little bit about that. So there's my like little level like, oh, okay. Or you know what? I have never um, really taken the time to learn about it, but I'm really curious about it. 
And that's mm -hmm. mindset, like things yeah. like, that, like tell it, told me the truth because if I took it further, they were going to be like, I don't know, actually, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like maybe get defensive around it or, or get anxious around you just, you know, where's that going or drop out of the conversation. Cause it's uncomfortable a hundred percent. And so I am really enjoying it. Like I try to look for that, like that little, that really, that desire to want to grow their inner growth mindset, they're in therapy and they're just now like learning about spirituality and asking just so not afraid to ask, like, you know what, you know what I'm looking for? I'm really tuning into, this is something that had eluded me before mm -hmm. is the fine line between someone who presents as growth mindset and someone who is actually growth mindset. So what does that look like for you? So, and I'm going to use this specifically in terms of men, because okay. <laughs> that's been my experience a lot. Totally. Because um, generally I feel like if women are growth mindset oriented, like you can really see it, like you can really feel yeah. it. Um, but there's a lot of men out there who know that women are attracted to growth mindset and they capitalize on that, mm -hmm. but they're not actually growth mindset. And what does that oh. look like? That looks like they're throwing quotes at you. They're saying, oh, I listened to this podcast. But then when you give them things that are meaningful to you and you say, I'd like to like, connect over this or like, have you read this book? Or like you send them a podcast and then you follow up on it. Yeah. When they've, they've expressed interest. So like, for example, you send a guy a podcast episode. You're like, this really um, resonates with something we were talking about. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. And they're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to listen to this. I love listening to spiritual podcasts and blah, 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 blah. Then you follow up and they've never listened to it. <laughs> How annoying. Like, don't waste my fucking time. So, don't waste my time. <laughs> don't waste our goddamn time. Like for real. Yeah. It's funny. The new, and, and, the, and the discovery questions just know they constantly change. They evolve. The more you want to level up, the, because the minute... So I'm so aware now it's like, oh, why did I just attract that person, you know, energetically? Mm -hmm. Why? Oh, it's the questions I, I was thinking were important to me a week ago. And then after a few, like, what the fucks, you know, it's like, oh, time to level, time to level up on a couple of those discovery questions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's true. Though, it's, right? a it's a learning process. Dating is. is a learning a process. Muscle. We're building a new muscle. Yeah. Throat chakra. Yep. Oh my God. People should. It's a practice. It's a practice. And before you go to sleep at night, go on wherever you listen to music and just put throat chakra frequency and mm -hmm. listen to that all night. You're, it's amazing how that will work wonders oh, well yeah. on the dating journey. Um, yes. Sex. Yes. Like. How, how do you, what do you do about sex and dating? I'm kind of, kind of what stuck. do I do? What do I do about <laughs> I love it. What? I know. I know. It's, it's a funny currently, way. Currently, currently I don't do anything. <laughs> okay. So you're on my plan currently. <laughs> you're on my plan. Currently unsubscribed from sex. <laughs> Not currently... by choice. <laughs> I've been by choice celibate, honestly, but well, you know. actually, no, it has been, it has been choice because let's be real. Like if you're a woman, you can get sex anytime you want, but like, 
like let's be real here let's so it really real. is a choice celibacy is a choice um you know for me it's um you know like, I wait, wait. was hold on for like long distance first let's do long distance and then we can like long distance you know long distance I feel like uh it is important to have a sexual component in a long distance relationship. Yeah. Are you talking because you about, have to like, are you talking about you like to, sexual energy between the two? Yeah. And, and that conversation has to be talked about. You have to talk about that. Um, and I mean, let's be real. There's going to be some sexy <laughs> so fun phone conversation. You don't want to be talking about taking a cruise and then he goes, and I bite your nipple. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Let's not be weird about it here. Let's not be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also trying to figure out, like, you know, I think there's a lot of people who take advantage of long distance as a way to, like, fulfill their sexual needs without actually reestablishing a real relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen that happen. Um, so for me, I think that conversations around sex and physical intimacy are going to be important if you have a long distance relationship, mm -hmm. because that's an important component of building a relationship in person. So how are you going to build that and figure that out? You could have an amazing connection with someone on so many levels. And then in person, like you have a really terrible physical chemistry. You get there and you're like, oh, okay. That's our, that's, I, I see you. That's how you're supposed to be here. Okay. I got it. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I see that you were using the camera angles to your advantage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? It's <laughs> funny how I really haven't been looking at looks. Like it's not the first thing I notice right now. Mm. You know, I, I will be completely shameless and say that it is a factor for me. Um, mostly because I'm a Taurus physical intimacy is very important for me. And I, I do feel very physically chemist, like chemically attracted to people. So that is a factor for me. Um, but I have noticed like, it's, it's not like a make it or break it kind of thing mm -hmm. for me. It's more about like, well, I, I think like they get pretty. I don't like being taller than I mean, someone. they're, they're, they're beautiful people, but it's like, it's yeah. like, and then I think they just become more beautiful when you get to know people. Like, yeah. I'm like like, like if you're on FaceTime or you're in person or whatever, and you're like, just looking at them in a different way, you're like, oh, I didn't know how, like, look at her eyes. They're so pretty. Or, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, for me, it's not, for me, it's not like I'm, I'm looking at people's profiles going, are you a 10? Right. <laughs> Do you right. have chiseled abs? Right. Like, anything like that. No, it's, it's more about like, you're looking for commonalities in the photo too. Commonalities, like, but yeah. like, but does their, does their body and their physical energy speak mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't have a, well, he could have a pen pocket, but you know, and still be sexy. I was thinking of that for a second for you, but no, I mean, you probably, I mean, you kind of see what the photos they do. Like, could I picture myself hanging out next to him? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and oh, like for me, like, you're not I like, don't wanna... let's make cute babies. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and for me, I'm like, I don't really want to date someone that's shorter than me. That's just not very appealing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like, I think we get a lot of shame for saying that these factors are important, but let's be real. Some of these factors are important and sometimes they're not. It depends on the person. And for me, it's like, I want to date someone who's taller than me. 
And I don't feel any shame saying that because it's just an aspect of physical bodies and presence that I enjoy being the shorter person. Totally. I mean, I love all the discovered questions. There's all these, like, you can Google, like, you know, top hundred questions to ask, to get to know your person or your crush or whatever. And, um, sometimes it's fun just to throw one in, you know, and be like question time, you know, and like, yeah, I kind of make it like like a game. I make it like a game. Uh, regarding like going back to what you're saying, like sex and dating, you know, like, what is that? Like, I think I don't like to deep dive the topic of sexuality really fast with people. Right. But to talk about it is a conversation. Yeah, exactly. But I do like to like, it's a conversation I do like to have come up at some point because I want to get a feel for if, if that person is, um, what am am I trying to say here? I want to get a feel for if that person is like a conscious, intentional person with their sexuality as well. Mm -hmm. Like, do they have a lot of shame around their body? Do they have, um, a lot of shame around sex? And especially, um, if God, someone grew so up later conservative and religious, I was like, gonna say they might so many... have a lot of narratives around sex mm-hmm. that are going to be impactful for your connection. Yeah, um, there's, there's a ton of later in life ex-Mormons, they call themselves exmos, and mm-hmm. a lot of that, like, mm-hmm. but it's really funny because, and I kind of feel like that right now, but they are like, just really amorous like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of hormones pushing through them because for the first time they're like living this authentic life Mm -hmm. and it is so beautiful to see them sort of peacock you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and I think it's important to know where someone is at with their sexuality in that way of like are they still in their repressed era no, or are they still, are they open to exploring? These Have they women explored? are not repressed. <laughs> do they know what, do they Anymore. know what they like? Are they, are the, like, are they able to talk about sex without yeah. shutting down or mm-hmm. feeling shame or shaming you for being a sexual person? Right. Um, especially in regards with men, like a lot of men really shame women around their sexual past and history. Ooh. And so like, I want to know with a guy, you might seem really open on the surface level, but underneath that, are you going to be one of those guys who's like shaming me for my sexual history? I right. need to know these things. I totally. want to know where you stand with that. Uh-huh. It is so, and it's fun to have those conversations. Like, well, mm-hmm. how was it with a man? And, you know, how is it now with a woman? They're like, oh my God, I love going down on women. I'm like, look at you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. Because, you know, gee, I personally enjoy that. But, um, not a lot of other women, everyone. So, you know, comes to the table with different gifts. Yeah. I, I like to say like, and then if you're a bisexual person like me or pansexual or your, your uh, you know, sexuality is just like non-existent, fluid, right. fluid uh-huh. um, these are co- important conversations I have too. Cause I know like for me being bisexual, the conversation that comes up a lot, especially with men is that there's an assumption that because I'm bisexual, that I am going to be someone who's going to be cheating or wants to have an open relationship or mm-hmm. will want them to move into an open relationship because there's an assumption that because I am attracted to both men and women, that I can't live without one or the other. And that's going to impact oh, the relationship. Weird, that's so, I mean, any bisexual woman I've talked to, 
um, when they say they are looking for women and I've had a few conversations, I was like, I'll, I'll be open to it because of you, honestly, because mm-hmm. I have hung out with a lot of bi women, it's either straight or they're gay. And mm-hmm. so, um, it's been fascinating. Cause they're like, I do love men. Like my last relationship was five years ago with a man. I just have realized lately that, and I just want to be authentic to me, but mm-hmm. I just realized lately that I, I personally enjoy being around women more these days. Mm-hmm. And it's so a it's very a- fluid thing. And, and yeah. um, I think it's really, really does someone who's bisexual disservice to put them in that kind of a box of assuming that you know what their sexuality is, how it's going to impact their relationship. Mm-hmm. You need to ask, mm-hmm. you need to be asking the mm-hmm. questions without making an assumption, like making an assumption that someone who's bisexual is going to cheat or be a cheater because they can't quote unquote live without the other gender. <laughs> so ridiculous! <laughs> it's so ridiculous because like for me, anyone who knows me knows that like, I've like, I would never cheat on someone ever. Oh. If I were in a relationship where I felt like I couldn't survive without having sex with a woman, Like that would be a conversation we would be having, right? That would be something I would be communicating, you know, I'm not going to run out and cheat just because I'm bisexual. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just not, but that's something that uh, men approach me with a lot. They're, they have a fear that of my sexuality because they think it's going to hurt them in some way. So because of my past little bit of date, briefly dating, my one thing is, so can I just pick up the phone and call you? Hmm. And that's been really like, that has been the best, one of the best questions. Yeah. There's a weirdness with that. Isn't there? Like a lot of people. I can literally pick up the phone and call you any time of the day. Chrissy, Chris and whatever. Right. Like, and, and hundreds of other friends and work teammates and yes. But the one person that I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting, I, it tells yeah, me a lot of people are weird about that. A lot of people don't like to be reached out to mm-hmm. in that way. And there are obviously times like I love when people ask for permission. Hey, can I call you right now? You know, are you do you have time mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. what time today are you free to call talk? Like that's just being courteous. Yes. But like if you're yes. going to get deeper into dating, because it's part of around my question, like, so what if this works out and two months, you know, in the next month and a half month, you know, three weeks, five weeks, whatever, would I be able to just call you? Mm. And then I yeah. tell them a lot about where they're not willing to, they're not in their headspace for it. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Keep it. <laughs> I will. Keep it in your pocket. <laughs> and then in my pocket. <laughs> Like a Polly Pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I love it. I love that we deep dive this. Oh, I I love it too. And it'll be very fascinating to keep talking about it while we're on our journeys. Um, Are you going to do something special for us before we say adios? I am. I am. I, I decided that today for this podcast because of this topic that I was going to Get out my goddess of love tarot deck and draw us a card for the collective. Yeah. And I did. And it's it's a beautiful card. It's a queen of wands. And we'll share a picture of this. I think we'll share a picture of this on the on the podcast Instagram. I think this is gorgeous. Instagram worthy. 
Yeah. Beautiful card. So Queen of Wands. So I'll just read what it is. Uh, and Queen of Wands you pulled. That's Queen of Wands. It's such we're a in our queen, card. Oh, we're in our Queen of Wands era. And wands represent like magic, personal magic, oh, leading yeah. into the sacred that. spaces. So it just feels very aligned. So I'll just, I'm just going to read it. Um, the Queen of Wands demonstrates the potential to birth dimensions into existence through sacred chaos and calls you into self-awareness of the ways sexuality and love inspire you. She, she reminds you of the power of passion or anger to illuminate, catalyze, and transform. When you feel burning desire, orgasmic inspiration, or the violent urge to protect those you care about, the Queen of Wands is showing her face. This comes with responsibility. The Queen of Wands is a guardian. She faces the force of her erotic power, claims it, and uses it to care for herself, for her family, for her loved ones. When the Queen of Wands makes herself known, you are blossoming into your most visionary self. Honor your intimate partners as mirrors to the goddess of love within and claim your erotic essence and sexual sovereignty. Mm -hmm. The affirmation for this card is, I am a flame with my passions. I am an emblem and a vessel for unconditional love and lust. And there's a journal question with it. So if anyone feels called to journal around this topic, here you go. Hold on, wait, I'm going to write it down. Hold on so that I can put it in. Yeah. And I'll share it on the Instagram too. I think I, you know, even though I'm off social media, I will go on the Instagram page for the podcast and share all of this. Thank you. We appreciate you for that. Okay. So go for it. What's the journal prompt? The journal question is how can I embrace my sexuality as something I am loyal to within myself? Hell yeah. Mama's coming alive over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'll write that down. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. I'll share that on the Instagram page. I love that. That is mm, very, that was very lot on. You just said, oh, you were like, oh, this one's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, I just, I love you. I'm so glad to spend this time with you always. And, you know, our listeners are just, they're, they're alive also with us. Like they are yeah. doing their thing. And I, we're just, we're so blessed in that way, just to have the coolest folks yes. around on you know, as guests, as well as listeners. So much love to you all. And, you know, as we've said before, if you take any type of value from this, um, if it speaks to you in any way, just drop us a little review on her podcast page because it helps so much. And it, and it honestly is so affirming to like hear the feedback. I know I've had people recently reaching out to me, people I didn't even imagine would be listening to our podcast being like, I just listened to this episode. I just wanted to say like, this resonated for me and I'm hearing that more and more. So if it resonates for you, let us know, please. We'd love to know because it helps us serve you. Totally. And if you are dating us, Take some fucking interest, and I'm. We're glad you're here. <laughs> I know none of the listeners listening. right now are dating me. <laughs> hey, I'm talking to you know. I'm having fun. I am uh, having fun. But feel free to slide into my DM. Exactly. <laughs> and if you or slide into mine and tell me about yourself, and I'll see if you're worthy of an intro to River. Actually, don't slide into my DMs because I'm out on social media. No, so, I so, won't slide so slide into mine. Slide into slide into the podcast or into oh, mine, so and tell me and tell me in five words why you want to date River. Oh, are you going to be my my dating application screener? Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be your vetter. I'm going to vet. I like this. I, I like this. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, friends. Love you. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode today, be sure to subscribe and share because what do we say, baby? Sharing is caring. <laughs>